0: Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online, internet, literally around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today because God's going to bless you really good. He's going to build up your faith through His Word, and His Spirit is going to empower you to do all that God has called you to do. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Now, before we jump into today's message, First, let's honor God. Let's receive the tithes and the offering and bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. Now, in Luke chapter 16, Jesus himself said in verse 11, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Wow. My friends, God wants to give you the true riches. A matter of fact, some believers think that they're real high, like in the level blessing. But the fact of the matter is, is that that's only the introductory level of blessing, and God's watching them to see how they do, because He's got much greater realms that He wants to take His people into. So, if we are not faithful with the unrighteous mammon, in other words, out of a dollar, if we can't give God two nickels, out of a dollar, how can God take us into the power gifts of the Holy Spirit, which require great wisdom to exercise? How can God take us into revealing the secrets of people's hearts, which are very delicate matters, more delicate than any surgical operation where heart surgery is done? That that takes a degree of high-level skill. But when you're dealing with the human spirit, and God is showing you the secrets of people's hearts There needs to be wisdom involved in that. There has to be a flow of the anointing. So to get into many of the beautiful things that God has prepared for his people, it requires obedience even in areas of unrighteous mammon. So if we can't give God two nickels out of a dollar, then how could we get into the great financial blessing? How can we get into the other beautiful things of the Spirit? If we're not obedient in these very simple areas, praise God. So let's do that. Let's honor God in these areas financially. But I want to show you something interesting in Malachi chapter three, verse eight. Of course, God speaks to the prophet and says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you in tithes? And now watch that in tithes and offerings. What is a tithe? It's 10%. Of your income, 10% of your increase. But what is an offering? An offering is anything above and over the tithe. That's all an offering is. The tithe is 10%. It belongs to God. We render that to Him. We give Him the two nickels out of the dollar. Praise God. If it's $100, $10. If it's $1,000, then we give God the 100 But we give God the tithe from all of our increase. And an offering is anything over and above the tithe. But God says, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. There are those believers that pay their tithe, which is exceptional because there are many Christians that don't tithe. Now, for those that do tithe, that is the beginning of the faith walk. We tithe by faith and we also give offerings by faith. But there are those that would hold back in the Lord in the area where they would give the tithe. But when it comes to offerings, sometimes they feel that they have met their obligation in a sense where they have met their responsibility. But my friends, offerings are in a sense God's opportunity for our promotion. The the Lord owns the world, all the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything within it. And if you ever had a need, the truth is we're not big enough to meet it. God's, uh, you know, if God says, I have a need over here in these 22 nations, uh, uh, could you help me out? I'm like, well, Lord, what am I supposed to do? There's more people in that one nation than we have in the whole state, and you've got 22, and you need my help. So God's God's needs are on a totally different level, and if he ever did have a need, he wouldn't make it known in the sense uh, because it's so far beyond what a person could do. So in other words, offerings are not in a sense like we're rescuing God. We're helping God out, and uh, God god really needs us. Well, it's really all for our increase. God gives divine opportunities for us to give offerings, not because He needs it and His kingdom is going to fall apart if we don't respond. No, He has set this up for our lifting. He doesn't need to be lifted. He's God. <laughs> so the tithe belongs to the Lord that establishes in a faith walk that establishes in a financial covenant with God, but offerings, sometimes believers rob God in the area of offerings. But, and I, I'll, I'll be honest, there are ministries that have Overworked that. In other words, every time you turn around, it's another offering, and it's like they deplete the people mentally, and they wear them out mentally uh, because they're just, they're working it all the time. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about noble projects that are anointed of the Spirit, and when those opportunities are presented, not every week, but when they do come along, when they are presented, it's an opportunity for your lifting. Again, not to lift God. He's already lifted. Amen. There there for us to go up to a higher level. So he said, you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. Now, as many of you know, we have a matching donor on the Pure Gold television program that is willing to cover half of the production cost to record a half year of television programs that every week go out to a potential viewing audience of over 3 billion people. So she is putting up $13,000 as a matching challenge. And on the other side, if we raise the 13, that gives us the $26,000 that allows me to go back into the studio with the whole team hired to record uh, high-level broadcast-quality TV shows. Now, will you help me to do that? We're still endeavoring to raise the 13,000. We have the matching donor. Okay. And we've had, a, we've had some come in, but we're not there yet. So everybody needs to do their part. And remember, as you do, this is how God lifts you up. We're not helping God. Uh, we're not we're, in, in the sense. It's not like we're saying, God, we're going to get you this money because we know that if you don't, that if we don't do it, uh, your world is going to fall apart. No, this is God's kingdom system for our lifting. So he is giving us the opportunity to sow into this soul winning faith building program. Praise God. So as we participate, then he gives blessing and increase. Okay. So I want to give you that opportunity today as we're bringing the tithes into the storehouse, let the Holy spirit speak to you and sow a seed. Uh, And when you sow your seed, write pure gold TV on it. And we'll take that offering and we'll allocate it towards the production of the new television programs. And thank you so much for standing with us as the gospel does move forward on the altar of sacrifice. Well, Pastor Stephen, it's Christmas. I know. And guess who else knows? God knows. And so as you sow a seed, trust God to meet every need and to keep you in the overflow. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm-mm. Now, for those of you that are going to mail in your tithes and your special offering, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, the zip code 28654. Now, for those of you that prefer to bring your, your tithes, your offerings in online, please go to our website stephenbrooks.org, there's a link at the top. There's a header that says give online. Click that, takes you to the giving page, and you will see the little drop-down menu. It says F-U-N-D, fund. As you click that little drop-down menu, there is the area for the tithe, and there is the area for the pure gold television. Praise God. Come on, I know you're a tither, but also let's be givers as well. When we tithe, we are obeying the Lord to give the tithe that belongs to him. But when we give an offering, oh, that's what God can multiply back 30, 60, a hundredfold. And I'm praying that his very best, the hundredfold will come back into your life in that area that you and God knows is needed the most in your life. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people. I thank you for the tithers. I thank you for the sowers. I thank you for every online church member, my ministry partners, and perhaps maybe those that are just watching, uh, maybe even visiting, but they want to be a part as well. Father, bless them. And by your Holy Spirit, speak to them right now what offering they're supposed to sow so that the television ministry can move forward with fresh new programs. We thank you for this opportunity. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for your giving. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, today, in the message that I would like to share, I'm calling it Life is Spiritual, And I want to pull you in into the things of God. Praise God. The world can be a place where there are so many distractions that it's very easy, uh, just like the undercurrent or the rip current at the beach, to start pulling you out and pulling you away from where you're supposed to be located at. And before you know it, you could be out in the danger area. Praise the Lord. So we're going to talk about this today. Life is spiritual. I I do feel it's a timely message. We're going to begin today in the book of Jeremiah chapter 12. Why don't you drop down to verse 1 and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word that this is our spiritual food and we cannot live without it. We would be so dry and dead and anemic without it. So, Father, as we break the bread today, let our spirits be strengthened, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would anoint the Word so that we can take it and apply it even today and receive the strength that it produces in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say amen. Now, verse 1, Jeremiah says, Righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you, yet Let me talk with you about your judgments. So Jeremiah does, I'm sure, what some of you do. You come in nice with the Lord with your talks, but there's something that's bugging you. And that's okay. God's got big shoulders. And uh, you can go and talk to him and be open with him. It's not like he doesn't know anyhow. And just tell him like, hey, Lord, there's something that I don't understand why you allow certain things to be the way they are. And that's kind of what Jeremiah is merging into. And I think the Lord's response is amazing. But first, look what Jeremiah says. Yet let me talk with you about your judgments. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? You know it's possible to be a sinner, not know God, And even do some things that are treacherous, uh, that are crooked. And yet you can look at their life and they're still happy because that's the only world they know. They don't know about the joy of the Lord, but it doesn't mean that they might not be happy. They could be happy in the sense that many times, When unbelievers, of course, who don't know God, they can just go through life and maybe have a good job and maybe have a good career and have a, have a nice family. And oftentimes the devil even leaves them alone. Why? He's already got them. So just leave them alone and let them continue to stumble along that path. (coughs) Excuse me. Of spiritual darkness and not know the reality of what's going on until their life is over. And then they realize their awful consequences. Well, why are those happy who deal so treacherously? You have planted them. Yes, they have taken root. They grow. Yes, they bear fruit. You are near in their mouth, but far from their mind. Excuse me just a moment. Praise God. But you, O oh Lord, know me. You have seen me, and you have tested my heart towards you. And in other words, he's trying to say, I, look, Lord, I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to do the best I can. And I should be having some different results here. Praise the Lord. He says, pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. How long will the land mourn and the herbs of every field wither? The beast and birds are consumed for the wickedness of those who dwell there, because they said he will not see our final end. Now, verse five here's the Lord's response. If you, and remember, God deals with individuals. Oh yes, He deals with nations and He deals with churches and things like that. But when it comes down to the final analysis, you stand before God one-on-one. And if you want to get into the blessing, you want to have your breakthrough, every man, every woman, you've got to come through on your own. There is a place where you could ride the uh, the coattails or you could ride the anointing and there is a pulling along that you can experience, but that will only get you so far. Eventually, you have to stand on your own faith, exercise your own faith and press in yourself. Your grand your praying grandmother who maybe was a famous intercessor or maybe your uncle who was a famous preacher. You cannot go through on their merits. You still must go through on your own. So he says, if you, he's going to talk directly to Jeremiah, forget the backslidden nation. We know the nation is backslidden. We know the prophets are are corrupt. We know that the priests are bought and paid for and compromised. But if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? So God really wants His prophet to be able to pick up the pace and come into some things that are beyond His current level of experience. And if the land of peace in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? You ready for verse 6? For even your brothers, the house of your father, even they have dealt treacherously with you. Yes, they have called a multitude after you. Do not believe them, even though they speak smooth words to you. Jeremiah is like, you mean they're lying to me? Oh, yeah, they're all totally lying to you. And I know that you want them to like you. And I understand human nature. And you want to be able to get along. Who doesn't want to be accepted? But I just want you to know they're all lying about you, talking about you behind your back. And the truth is, they don't even like you. And they certainly aren't being receptive to the message and they're not going to receive it. Matter of fact, most of them are going to go off in the captivity because captivity is coming one way or another. Woo. Praise God. So when you get close with the Lord and this was the come on Jeremiah rise up. You are my prophet. I have anointed you your prophet to the nations, but you're going to have to start to move at a, at a faster frequency with my spirit because I want you to know reality, not maybe the way people want it to be, but I want you to know what's really going on. So life is actually spiritual because we can get, how could I say, we can get married even to wrong theology. I've seen some Christians that are so like married or welded, or it's like they're fused to wrong theology, that even Jesus, if He came with the Bible, He, he could not correct them. They're going to say, Lord, I, I I can't accept this. I have believed this for so long, I can't accept it. And that was the problem, of course, with the religious leaders. When the Messiah actually came and stood before them, they all, not, well, not all, but the majority of the religious leaders rejected Jesus, totally rejected Him. Why? They they had a wrong perception and we can get into a place also where we're, we're so unspiritual, but we're so natural and plugged into maybe even uh Christian ease type things that we're still not really aware of what's going on. I'll give you an example in the previous presidential election. There was like a prophetic bandwagon where many, many prophets were saying that the next uh, election, Trump's going to get reelected. Now, now look, you've got a 50-50 chance of getting this right. It's, it's almost like you could guess, and you, you're, you're going to get halfway there. But even with a 50-50 chance, the the bandwagon was riding real high as, as some initial ones said, yeah, it'll be Trump reelected, then more got on that, more got on that, to the point there was actually pressure that you'd better get on it, and you'd better better agree with it. Now, let me tell you how strong the pressure was. All of the Christian uh, popular interview programs on the many different networks that were out there, like the Christian talk shows, they would let you come on and, quote, prophesy, unquote, If you are going to prophesy that America's in for revival and Trump will be in the office uh, within just a few more months. Longest you prophesy he's going to get reelected. We'll put you on the show and you can prophesy. And man, prophets were lined up. They were lined up like miles deep, Uh, you know, because there was money being generated by millions and millions of dollars. And it's what people wanted to hear. But let me tell you the startling reality that if you would have approached any of those interviewers beforehand and said, Hey, I'd like to go on your show, but you know, I'm really kind of getting a different message. Uh, I think this is going to go on in a different direction than what y'all are all saying. They would have said, get out, get out. We don't want to hear that. And that's the pressure that Jeremiah was under. And he wanted to be accepted. And he wanted to be liked. And, and God's like, hey, it's not going to go the direction that they're thinking. And uh, they're not going to receive what you're going to say. Now, I'm going to have you say it. And I'm, you know, I'm going to make your forehead like Flint because you're going to need that because they're obviously being quite stubborn, (laughs) but some of them are never going to figure it out until it's just so far like revealed that it's like you finally going to have to believe it. It's like having a wrong theology and you're so infused with that that you're not going to let go of it until you see the church arising in authority and purity and beauty and power that you just have to realize I might as well get on board with this because this is obviously the direction that God is going and God is validating this with holy signs and wonders and it seems to me that we're not supposed to go out defeat it broke bust it and just you know it seems to me that the church is going to be the Zion the envy of, of the world where God is blessing Israel. God is blessing His people, and when we leave, we're leaving on top. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. Many interesting things to consider. But my friends, when you pray and walk with God, there's a new realm that begins to open up, but if you stay super busy in the world, and you you don't really pray, but you just listen to prophecies all the time, it'll turn into nothing but prophetic horoscopes. And there's a lot of that going on where prophets, they, they many of them are opportunist. They vie for any platform they could get on. And if they don't have a word, not a problem. They'll come up with one, anything. Just get me on that show so I can keep talking. And, and, and uh and so what, what happens is that, believers that don't get into the word to get their own word. They start relying on all of this stuff that floats out there and it becomes prophetic horoscopes. And if they like it, they grab it. They like that one. They grab that one. And, and, uh, and then what happens a year goes by, nothing's manifested. Three years go by and all of their prophecies are still idle and five years go by and they're still stagnated and nothing's going on. Why? You have to come through on your own. You have to have your own walk with God. Are you still there? It's kind of quiet out on the internet today, but I'm just talking heart to heart with what works and what sometimes can be like spiritual candy that a lot of people play with. And I, I don't deny that it doesn't taste good and it's not an enjoyable experience, but you can't live on that. And it can be very disappointing. It could rot your teeth and, uh, on and on we can go. Um, You know, it's interesting because I get contacts from spiritual people that oftentimes they're not even saved, but it doesn't mean that they're not aware that there's a spiritual world. Now, are they going to heaven? No, of course not. The only way to heaven is through Jesus. There is no other mediator between God and man except for Christ Jesus. But there are a lot of people that are out in the world that know that life is more than just eating, breathing, sleeping, and going to work. They know that the core thrust of life has a spiritual purpose, although they're looking in wrong areas. But uh, oftentimes they contact me. Uh, I just got an invitation. Kelly and I are praying about it. An invitation to speak at a major conference in Europe that it's all new age and everybody there, except for me, everybody there is either a Hindu guru or some kind of like living avatar or some kind of like, you know, uh, mystic grandmaster or whatever. And that all of that stuff will be going on, but they want me to come. <laughs> Why? They, they, they watch, they listen, they, they've read the things I've written and they, they realize there is a genuineness something about the Jesus that he preaches that's more than just, he's just one of the groups, you know, because you can go up to a Hindu, because I've been to India multiple times, and you can say, Jesus is Lord. And they say, yes, he is. What, what many Westerners don't realize is while they're saying, yes, he is, they also acknowledge that 300 other million gods they worship are also Lord as well. So <laughs> it's very, very interesting. You know, I was talking to a, a, a disciple, a follower of a Hindu mystic named Yogananda. Many of you have probably uh, heard of him. He was very famous. He's, he's dead now, passed on. And uh, this man was a very, very devout follower of Yogananda. And he and I were having a kind of a deep conversation one time because anything spiritual, he was aware of it. If I, if I brought up any saint in the Catholic Church that was known for being deep, he knew every single one. If I started talking about Joseph of Cupertino, he goes, Oh, the flying monk. And uh, if, if I brought up Padre Pio, Oh, the stigmatist from Italy. I mean, he, anything spiritual, anything that would be recognized in the eyes of even the unsaved world as having a spiritual element, uh, he was all over it. And so, um, we were talking about certain things and he said, um, he said, can I, can I ask you a question as a Christian? I said, yeah, go ahead. He said, um, he said, so-and-so, and and he named a very, very famous preacher on television. He said, so-and-so, um, he said in Christianity, he's very well known and very loved, but he said, uh, that's, that's not very deep stuff, is it? I said no. I said it's so superficial and shallow that he has a vast audience, but it's very, very young believers in the Lord. Even if they've been in the faith for thirty years, they uh, they have very, very little prayer time. I mean, even that pastor, that very famous minister, even publicly said, "I don't, I don't pray an hour a day. I don't pray anything close to that." <laughs> uh, so, he, if you're looking for spirituality you're not going to get it there. Is he a sweet man, good man, good pastor? Yeah. But, but if you're looking for like an an Enoch type walk with God, uh, you're, you're looking in the totally wrong place and and that's okay. And so, but even that person, an unsaved follower of a, like a Hindu type uh, person who believes in the lie of reincarnation and all of that, even they can look at that and say, That's really shallow, isn't it? And the truth is, yes, it is. But my friends, I believe that when people look at you, there will be a a reality of Christ in you. And it's very, listen to me. It's very, very attractive to those that don't want to play games. It is very, very attractive to those that are even in other, other religions, perhaps worshiping Allah, or perhaps, or perhaps worshiping one of the Hindu deities that they follow, it's very, very perplexing, mysterious, and intriguing when they come across a believer that doesn't just huff and puff fluff, but there is something of Christ in them. Where even, even like, uh, it's very, very interesting, even like um, the seven sons of Skiva who are going around doing all the religious huff and puff, trying to be exorcists. And they ran into a demon that was inside of a man. And that demon manifested through that man so strong that he ripped and tore all the clothes of those seven uh, so-called exorcists off and beat them up. And I'm not going to get into it, but there's a lot of in between the lines. If you read what was really there, you're, you're looking at he was going to overpower them and do bad stuff to them beyond just punching them, but they were able to run off and the demon spoke and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? Who are you? And so these things in the spirit realm, they're, they're wide open. They're, the reality of fake, real, wannabe, uh, w- or actually are, it's wide open in the spirit realm. And while uh, while Hollywood Christianity uh, cannot discern any of that, God wants you to f- move further with Him. Can you say yes? Praise the Lord. Jesus is the only way. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um it's interesting when you minister to people that are demonized. I remember one time I was trying to minister to a nice Hindu man. And I woke up one morning because I knew he was going to come by uh, this property and I would be able to talk to him. And I, I said to myself, I said, on, on this day today, I'm going to lead him to the Lord because we've had many talks before. But on that day when I was talking to him and I began to turn the conversation towards, you know, receiving Christ, I tell you what, there was a demonic wall that went up over him like a glaze. I could see it come up. That demon shut him down so fast that um, uh, you must have the Holy Spirit. Now, many times with people, if I can get a little more time and keep talking with them and then minister to them, if they'll let me, there can be the breakthrough. But my friends, we must have the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can break through these fortresses and reach these people. Praise God. And I'll give you an example, like that invitation to Europe to minister to these people. Uh, I, I know that if I minister at a place like that, I'm probably, you know, my wife would go with me. We'd be the only two Christians in that entire group of several thousand people. And you got some of them at the same time going to be bowing down, worshiping statues and stuff like that. And it's, it's one thing to say, Oh, that'd be fun to go minister there. But the reality is you walk into something like that and you're not prayed up and you're not walking close or right with God. The devil, he'll flat out eat your lunch. He will eat your lunch. And you know, I was talking to a old Pentecostal preacher, uh, just a couple of months ago, he and I were sh- sharing stories. We talked and talked at lunch for a long time. And he said, uh, He said, Pastor Stephen, he said, um, he said, one time I was sitting on the platform because the preacher who was going to preach asked me to sit on the platform to pray for him and like cover him while he preached. And he said that this was a young preacher. He was only about 20 years old. And he said, please, when I preach, you sit on the platform and cover me with intercession, cover me in the spirit so that I can do my thing. And so this minister who was, you know, much older said, yeah, I'll I'll do that. And so he's up on the platform and uh, that young preacher was starting to preach. Now, what happened when this young man started to preach, the older minister, somebody came up on the platform and gave him a note and it said, urgent phone call. You must come answer the phone call right now. He goes, oh, I don't know what this is about. So he left the platform, although he told that preacher he'd be there the covering He left the platform, went back to the back, and they said, there's somebody on the line for you. And when he picked up the phone to see who was on the line, there was nobody there. And instantly he knew, uh-oh, I've been tricked. I better get back there and cover that young preacher. And before he could get back, while that preacher was up there boasting and proclaiming of all the great things he was going to do for the Lord and through the Lord, the devil came and took that preacher and threw him across the pulpit in front of the whole congregation. (laughs) Woo. Praise the Lord. Amen. And, um, These things are very, very real. So we're talking about walking in the spirit because why life is spiritual. And I know many sweet evangelicals and I know a lot of pretend Pentecostals that can talk, talk, but what happens is when they run into problems in life, the flaky stuff, it doesn't work. And what will happen is that you can end up getting frustrated. You can end up getting mad at God a little bit like Jeremiah, who's uh, pleading his case, but in many ways, he's actually complaining, God, why, why is it like this? (laughs) This is not right. (laughs) You're, you're making wrong decisions. If I were doing it, it'd be different. Everything about Jesus Christ is just fair and straight up. Praise the Lord. Amen. We just have to see it from the right angle. Very quickly, very quickly. Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. If you're not walking close with God, you're getting cheated. You're getting cheated out of the real experience of life that Jesus purchased for you at Calvary. You know, if you could write a mission statement over the devil's headquarters, you know, like you know, if you look at like a major corporation, uh, they have a short, brief mission statement, and every ministry has their own unique mission statement. But if you could write a mission statement over the doors of Satan's headquarters, it would simply say this: steal, kill, destroy. That's their whole mission statement against your life. The devil wants to steal from you. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. He wants to do as much bad stuff to you as possible. Now, if you look at the mission state over Jesus, it says, life. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Woo, praise God. So you don't want the enemy penetrating into your life, taking from you the joy and the beautiful experience that God wants you to have in life simply because you're being held down in the natural, not moving over into the spiritual. I'm telling you, life is spiritual. There are people that, that are out there that know it that are not even believers. Are they, are they right with God? No. You have to come to, uh, come to the Father through the Son in order to be made right with God. You have to put your faith and trust in Jesus, but even they know that life is more than just, you know, physical, physical, tangible type things. Mm-mm. Praise God! Very quickly again, Genesis chapter five. Let's move on down to verse twenty-one. Enoch lived sixty-five years and begot Methuselah. Please say, Enoch. Wow. Praise God. One of the, one of the two men mentioned in scripture as having been translated. Now the scripture doesn't say they're the only two that had ever happened to, but there are two that are recorded. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters so it is possible to walk with God. In other words, have a deep relationship with God while you have children. You don't have to be a monk or a nun. You can be married and have children and still have a very profound walk with God, uh, just like Enoch did. Now, in order to do that and balance that and still be a good, let's say your guide, still, still be a good husband and to be a good uh, father to your kids, you're going to have to sacrifice things because you can't do everything. So you have to meet those obligations. You have to do your work and some things maybe that you would like to do. You have to drop that in order to continue to that, have that strong devotional life. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, the same amount that there are days in the year. So it is possible And it takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of hunger and it takes a lot of grace, but it is possible to have an Enoch type walk with God every single day of the year. And I would even be so bold and wild to say that you can even have it with God on Christmas day. You could even have it the week before Christmas when there are high levels of tension and stress, uh, people fighting in department stores, people uh you know that you know that there's one toy left, it's mine, and somebody else says, No, I saw it first, and uh so I mean there's strife and tension all over the place. Uh, but you can have a very peaceful, soothing, deep walk with God even a week before Christmas. And Enoch walked with God and was not for God took him. And although you may not be translated, and I hope, you're, I hope you're not because I like you, and I don't want you to leave the planet just yet, but you can still be taken out of the world of stress. In other words, you can be removed from things because you walk with God, and even if you have to go into places, you go in there with a the shield up, with the canopy of protection because you have been with the Lord. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, very quickly, let us go over to the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew, because life is spiritual, and there is a redemptive package that we have through Christ that is available to us, and there's there's blessings all over that table. That package is so dense. Everything that you need in life is available. But let me just share three things that in this season, I believe that God wants to put into your hands for you to hold and experience. Now, very quickly, Matthew chapter 2. I'm packing a lot in to this very brief time period. Verse 7, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determine from them what time the star appeared oh herod uh, herod the great was he was a butcher he he was a murderer even killing his wife killing killing children it was a very very dangerous man to be around and he sent them to bethlehem and said go and search carefully for the young child and when you have found him bring back word to me that i may come and worship him also And God's got treasures also right now that He wants to be releasing to you in this timely season. Remember, life is spiritual. It's not just about going through motions, but you want to pick up on things prophetically in their time. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to Him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let me briefly mention that gold represents God's provision. And this provision was very important because it's shortly after this that the angel appears to Joseph and said, Herod is going to be coming after your, uh, uh, your, the child, and you're going to have to get out quick. And so they were able to leave immediately and flee to Egypt, Joseph, Mary, and little Jesus. And this provision was there for them the gold coins Woo! praise God and God's got gold coins God's got provision during this time for the vision that he has given to you what an unusual time to receive God's provision but the provision supplies the vision Joseph you and Mary take Jesus and leave immediately for Egypt matter of fact Joseph was so faithful and so quick to obey. He left that night. Very, very powerful. But you know what? They had the money to do it. Woo. Praise God. Why? Because the wise men have come and they have given uh, uh, gold. My friends, God's going to put the gold that you need, the provision that you need into your hands in this season. If you believe it, say yes. Yes. Praise God. Next, we see that was given to Jesus was frankincense. They presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense. God wants frankincense to be very active in your life right now, right now, right now. Look at this in the book of Leviticus very quickly. Leviticus chapter 24. I'm moving quick because there's an anointing. Verse 5, and you shall take fine flour. And bake 12 cakes with it. This is the showbread. Two tenths of ephah shall be in each cake. You shall set them in two rows. So you've got six and six on the pure gold table before the Lord. That's the golden table of showbread. And you shall put pure frankincense on each row that it may be on the bread for a memorial, an offering made by fire to the Lord. Many, many things about the bread were supernatural. There was one family that was designated to make the bread. And there was one uh, priestly family that was designated to make the holy incense. They were all specialist craftsmen in their own area. But these were master bakers because the bread, which... Uh, the sh- uh, a loaf of showbread was very unusual looking. It was flat and would come out and then had sides that went up and then the sides went in. And that bread, although it sat out for a week in the open, it never, ever molded. And even when you ate it a week later, it was just as fresh as the moment it had come out of the oven. So it was a supernatural sign and wonder. And the showbread represents the word of God, but it was sprinkled with frankincense, which speaks to us that you must have the word mixed with faith or else it will not profit you. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word, the showbread, which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. That's the frankincense in those who heard it. My friends, you must hear it, but you must also believe it. And faith always has works. So you need to find a way to act on what you believe. Praise the Lord. So this is a time of gold provision. This is a time of frankincense where you take the word of God and the promises of God and you use your faith to believe that God is giving you provision for the vision so that what you need. Now there will be other things that you need later in life, but that's not the time for that right now. But what you need right now is, God's going to give you the gold, praise God. Please take your faith and mix it with this word that is coming to you today. And next we see that they were given myrrh uh, to Jesus. Myrrh actually during that time was worth more in weight than what gold was. And myrrh is a representation of cleansing. We all know the atrocities the murderous acts that were uh, worked upon the precious people of Israel by Hamas, things that were so diabolical and consciousness, uh, no conscious that it can only be satanic in nature because only Satan can do things like that because he has no conscience. So these people were directly under the influence of being demon possessed when Hamas did these awful things to the people of Israel. But you know what? There can be a cleansing where God wipes away emotional trauma, where God can bring healing. And if you need that cleansing touch, maybe something happened 20 years ago, and it still bothers you. It still, maybe you have nightmares at night. Maybe you wake up and you have those bad dreams. It's like the devil still tries to torment you. God can give you the myrrh. Ooh, praise God. Now, many of you are going to smell the watch. You're going to smell frankincense and you're going to smell myrrh. By the way, these would also be burned in incense, holy incense. And once you've ever smelt frankincense, you'll never forget it. They're very, very beautiful. But even in the spirit realm, while gold is a metal, you can still in the spirit realm smell gold. Mm -mm. And some of you are gonna catch these supernatural fragrances, but whether you catch it or not as a fragrance, I want you to catch it by faith. And some of you, you need the myrrh, and Jesus is giving the myrrh to you. Why? This is part of the redemptive package because we are now in Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus. It's a difficult time for the nation of Israel. You know, we were in Israel some months back in the earlier part of the year, April, May, on our tour. And, uh, you know, we were able to love on many of the IDF soldiers, the uh, Golani Brigade, the Silent Wolves. And it is amazing how many of those men they're no longer alive you know the uh, commander over all of them he was killed by hamas and then they appointed a new commander he was also just killed in, uh, Gaza as he was in Gaza. So, uh, even some of those videos that were made for our ministry partners to look at of how you're blessing them. They so appreciate it and thank them. I can look at those videos and I know who's not there anymore. That one's dead. That one was severely wounded. Uh, that one was killed. That one's no longer here. It is amazing what is taking place, but God can release the myrrh, the cleansing praise the Lord. So Israel is really grieving, but maybe you're grieving in and, and, and a certain area, a certain way. God can pour in the myrrh and bring that healing touch. And this is one of the elements, one of the fragrances uh, of healing that Jesus carries everywhere He goes. Psalm 45, verse 8, speaking about the Messiah, all your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes And cassia. Aloes is not aloe vera, it's a type of oud, O U D, a very expensive uh, Arabic fragrance that comes from the resin of wood and is very, very costly. And then cassia is a coarse, very pugnant type of cinnamon. But again, you have the myrrh. Myrrh is tricky to collect. There's always a lot of poisonous snakes around the myrrh tree, but the myrrh collectors, they drive those snakes away, uh, and they're very venomous. They drive them away with smoke, and it causes the snakes to leave, and then they can begin their extraction of the myrrh resin. Praise the Lord. I really sense that the myrrh is being ministered right now because it may be Christmas time for you. And trust me, there will be Christians all over the world that even on the happiest day, Christmas, even with presents, something troubles them on the inside. They're still wounded. They'll still, they're still hurting. Maybe they were neglected by their father. Maybe their parents abandoned them. And so these deep issues are still there. you might be thinking, well, Pastor Stephen, I'm okay. Trust me, there are many around you who are not. And so while you can be receiving this, you can also be administering this. As many times people will just begin to pour out their heart to you. No explainable reason why they're doing it. Maybe they don't even know you that that, that, that well, but it starts coming out that is because of the anointing. What do you do? You pour in the the myrrh. You pour in the healing, cleansing love of God. And many times, many times when emotional healing takes place, there's physical healing also that takes place. Now lift your hands. Life is more than the natural. Life is spiritual walk with the spirit and these things will be flowing in your life. You'll be enjoying the provision. You'll be walking in faith. Look, you can't be in the spirit when you're in doubt and unbelief and maybe in negativity. No, but when you're walking in God's provision, you're walking in faith and you're walking in a perpetual cleansing through the blood and through the grace of God upon your life where you're healed and you're made whole. Father, I thank you for those that are watching right now. I thank you, Father God, for helping them. Some are getting recalibrated. They, they were starting to even drift, and they know it. But Lord, I just thank you that no matter how busy, no matter how rushed, no matter how fast the world spins, no matter how many wars there are, no matter how many awful things there are, they will stay grounded in you They will maintain their spiritual walk with you like Enoch did every single day of the year for a long, long time until they go to be with you or until, Father, your son comes to uh, be with us and take us with him. Oh, God, we give you all of the praise and glory. Heal their hearts right now. Let their faith come alive. I thank you that you're releasing provision even before Christmas, many of you will hold provision in your hands. You will know by the Spirit what is for you to enjoy, what is for you to receive, and also what is for you to sow, and what it is also a portion that you are to give and bless. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the good report. For the good report. Father, even as the prophet said, Who has believed our report? Oh, God, I thank you that there are believers that say, yes, yes, amen, so be it. Bless your people, Father. This will be a very unusual Christmas season. In Jesus' great name we pray. Amen, amen, woo, praise God, hallelujah, praise God. Now, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus, maybe maybe you are, in a sense, spiritual, but spiritual doesn't make you saved. Maybe you sit around a yoga circle and you chant and you hold different colored stones in your hands. And maybe you've tried everything under the sun, everything, drugs and hallucinogenic drugs and uh, uh, sexual freedom, sexual immorality. And you still realize, you know, I'm still just as empty as I've always been. Father, I just thank you for that person that's listening right now. God is drawing you to him. Now, come on. Let Jesus come into your heart. He's who you've been looking for all of your life. And if you are, let me say it like this. If you used to be a Christian, but you drifted away, you got so far away that uh, it's like the cord broke in the sense where you no longer even had a life raft. You're just out there and you know that if your life ended, you're not right with God. You need to come back right now also. Okay. So let us all pray. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. You are God's son. Jesus, you died on the cross and you paid the penalty for my sins. And you rose on the third day. Jesus, save me now. I repent of all of my sins. You are who I'm looking for. Save me now. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name, In your book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you that I now belong to you. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Woo! Praise God. Amen. Now. Now you're ready for heaven. Praise God. Live for Him every day. Just like Enoch did. Walk with God and live for Him every day. Pastor Stephen, it's Christmas. Yes, it is. But don't go on spiritual vacation. Keep your walk with God going every day. Mm -mm -mm. Praise the Lord. One of the ways that you can do that is by taking Holy Communion. Let's do it together right now. If you are a Christian, you can take communion. You can take it every day if you want. We as a church family online, we take it together twice a week, okay? But you can take it every day if you want to. Grab some unleavened bread. If you don't have these little wafers, grab a little cracker or tear a piece of bread off of a loaf, a slice of bread. Get a piece of bread, grab some grape juice. If you don't have grape juice, get what you've got, okay? Grab some OJ or apple, whatever you got, preferably grape juice. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. Through this prayer, we set this now apart as being holy, and we thank you this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, we look at it, it still looks like bread and juice, but we thank you it is the veiled body and blood of Christ under the form of bread and great juice. Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you for strength. We thank you for strength to walk this walk We thank you, O God, that, that while all of your people are heaven bound, we're not content just to get there and just say, well, we made it, but we want to come into the fullness of the full stature of Christ in us. We want to be overcomers. We want to be living the reality of more than conquerors. Now, Father, we thank you that as we receive the Lord's body, We receive His grace and strength. In Jesus' name, let's partake together. Amen. Praise the Lord. There will be some of you that will have a a visitation on Christmas Day. And it could not be during the day. It could be like, you know, you hit midnight, and at midnight it's Christmas. Could be at 2 o'clock in the morning. Could be at 5 o'clock in the morning. Don't try to make something happen. But should the Lord come, should something supernatural from God start to open up to you, receive. Step into it by faith. By faith. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the supernatural. In Christ. We thank you for visitations. We thank you for angels. We thank you for the glory realm. We thank you, Father God, for the mystery of the blood. And we receive the Lord Jesus' blood now with great thanksgiving and appreciation. In his name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Whoa, praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. Well, my friends, before I say goodbye, let me just say thank you again for everybody sewing their offering into the Pure Gold television program so that we can get these new shows recorded. I will let you know when, then, when we hit the magic number. The magic number is $26,000. We have a $13,000 donor. Praise God. But it's a matching donation. Let's get that other $13,000 in. Just do what God tells you to do. And we'll get it. Praise God. Pray with us. Stand with us. Agree with us. Father, bless your people. We thank you. I say, fathers, I look through the lens of that camera that I'm looking at an Enoch. Now, it might be a woman, but it's a female version of of a woman that walks with you like Enoch did. I look at the men, even the young men. I say, I see the Enoch walk in their life, coming alive, coming alive, and they'll be so glad every day that they have decided to choose to live this way. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.